Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Mega Trends, presented by SAP, helping the world run better and improve people's lives. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to help resolve some of the world's biggest challenges and to create real business impact. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers or drive with the game changers or fly with the game changers, I have a reason for saying all of that. You are in the right place because this is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. Listen up. I have a quote from somebody named Robert Brady. I'm not going to go into any background on him, but here's what he said. There can be no doubt that the transportation sector is the most critical sector of our economy. Agree or disagree? Well, that's what we're going with today. And let me tell you what our megatrend is. We're talking about the future of mobility. That's right, transportation, mobility, getting from point A to point B, and every letter of the alphabet in between, A to Z. So what is all about mobility today? Well, there is is a, shall we say, a way to express what mobility is all about. It's an acronym and it's CASE, C-A-S-E. You may have heard us discuss this on our Future of Cars with Game Changers series, but we're talking about it today on Megatrends. So let me break it down for you or unpack it, as they say on the new shows. C-A-S-E. C is for connected. We all know about connected vehicles. We're all connected together, connected cities. A is for autonomous possibly coming to a highway, byway, or garage or street near you. S is for shared. Come on, you know people are saying, "Ah, I might not want the keys to my own car. I might want to be part of the sharing economy. Subscribe to a series of cars, one for skiing, one for going out on a date, one for going to the supermarket, different kinds of cars. And E is for electric. I'm not going to do the electric slide, but you know what that means. How is this all going? How is it going together? So let's talk about today, what is the impact? on the economy and society under the overviewing, overarching of the concept of mobility. Will cities and regions benefit from the new mobility models? And if they will, how? What regions will be most apt to involve this, to embrace this sooner? We're going to do a reality check today with a panel of three experts I'm about to introduce to you. And we're going to help you separate the hype from the business and social opportunities. And that's right, there are social, cultural opportunities across the vast global economy. So welcome, I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I'm going to be speaking today and introducing you to these experts, thought leaders. First up, we'll be speaking in a moment to Tom Conan. You want to follow him, he spends, spells his last name K-O-H-N-E-N. He is an innovation scout for SAP Industries. I can't wait to hear what that means when we introduce him in a moment. Joining him is Holger Wittwer, W-I-T-T-W-E-R, the program lead for e-mobility at SAP SE, also an interesting job title. And rounding out the panel, somebody who has been on Game Changers with me before on our show about smart cities. It's Max Claps, C-L-A-P-S, SAP Future Cities, Citizen Engagement, and Postal Business. Three very interesting titles, gentlemen. So let's go around the table and let's start with Tom Conan, who brought me this topic. Tom, it's about time we got you on the radio here. And Tom has sent us a wonderful quote from a 2002 James Bond film, Die Another Day. And let me set up the quote before we ask Tom to explain it. Q is a fictional character in the James Bond films. Q stands for quartermaster. It's a title, not a name. He is the head of Q branch, or later known as the Q division, the fictional research and development division of, ooh, the British Secret Service. Q has appeared in 21 of the 24 Eon Productions James Bond films, except Live and Let Die, and the 2006 Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Uh, let's see. This is the 20th installment and 40th anniversary of the longest-running, most successful film franchise in history in this particular movie. Q was played by, I'm trying to see who he's played by, John Cleese and James Bond, Pierce Brosnan. Here's the quote. Yes, but it's called the future, so get used to it. Tom Conan, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Excited to be on the show today. We're excited. I, I love movie quotes. We haven't had one in a long time on our Game Changer show. So, Tom, how did you pick this quote? Are you a big fan of James Bond in general? Do you have a favorite Bond actor? Hmm. And how does it relate to our topic today, talking about the hype and opportunity of transportation and mobility? Go ahead. Yeah, Tom, 
of course, a big fan of James Bond movies. Um, I've watched them all in chronological order a few years back. Um, they've changed quite a lot over the years, but they're still exciting and um, they relate to our lives quite a bit. And they're also comedic, right? Which, which I think is always an underestimated fact about uh, James Bond movies. So it shows this quote because it shows um, that the same relationship that we as a society or as people have towards technology than James Bond has. So, you know, in the movies, Q, the quartermaster, always showcases the latest technologies, the gizmos, the cars to James Bond. And depending on the character or the actor, um, James Bond is always like, he, he doesn't really care. But then at the end of the day, um, the gadgets always either save his life or make an impact into a, him being an, an agent or a spy. Um, and it's the same, it's true for society, right? We look um, at these new technologies uh, without, sometimes with fear, but they bring a lot of opportunity, right? And um, especially in, in this James Bond movie that we quoted, Die Another Day, um, James, at, after this quote, gets presented with his new car, which is an Aston Martin uh, Vanquish. And actually, next year, for the first time ever, James Bond will get another Aston Martin, and this time it's a fully electric uh, car. So for the first time in the movie franchise ever, um, he'll get a fully electric car. And that um, also illustrates the change in, in the society because they go after the newest trends. Um, with the movie series as well. Very interesting. Uh, the fact that he was introduced to it and he he was probably balking at it, and Q had to say, it's called the future, so get used to it. And I did see the movie clip. It's available on YouTube. If you put in the quote, Tom, you can get the clip. And it just it's a, a gif, like a gif. It just keeps repeating over and over again. I think that's where we are today. Would you agree with what we're talking about? Case today, connected and autonomous and electric and shared and electric, that a lot of people are saying, what is all this? What does it have to do with me? Ah, some of it's a fad. It might fail. It might not be safe. And basically, I think what we're saying today on our show is it's called the future, so get used to it. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, and we're yet to see how James Bond is going to react to his new car, right? But I think um, he will have to at least try it out and, and give it a spin, and then he will see whether it's any good or not. There you go. Thank you very much. I'll have a personal question for all three panelists at the end of the show when we get to the crystal ball predictions round about what you think you'll be driving in 2025. But don't answer me yet. We want to keep it for a surprise. So let's move on to Holger Witwer, who has sent us a quote from Randy Pausch, P-A-U-S-C-H. Randolph Frederick Pausch, 1960 to 2008, was an American professor of computer science, human-computer interaction, and design at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania. He gave an upbeat lecture titled The Last Lecture, Really Achieving Your Childhood Dreams in 2007, which became a popular YouTube video. This was after he was given a terminal cancer diagnosis that year. So interesting. He co-authored a book called The Last Lecture, which became a New York Times bestseller. Here's the quote. Brick walls are there for a reason. They're not there to keep us out. They let us prove how badly we want things. Holger, I love the quote. How are you? Thank you, Bonnie. I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me here. We're delighted to have you here. You can thank Tom for inviting you. Tom always puts together extraordinary panels for these shows, so thank you to Tom. Holger, tell me about how you found this quote. It it just resonates. It just sinks in really quickly. Brick walls are there for a reason. They're not there to keep us out. They let us prove how badly we want things. Is this a hallmark yeah. of creativity, innovation? Talk to me. Absolutely. It's a lot. It, I think everybody has a takeaway with this. It can be in your private life, personal relationships, things like that. But I thought, I think it fits also very well to our topic today because um, it says change. Yeah, You have to show that you really want things and technology is changing. And where I'm coming from, I'm coming from electric mobility. I'm driving an electric car. Yes, not a fully electric car, but a plug-in hybrid one for about two years. 
And when I look at my colleagues, at my family and friends, and they ask me, how, how is it going? And I say, it's great. Why don't mm -hmm. you drive an electric car? And then they say, um, yeah, I don't know. Ah, there's this range thing. Yeah, and I say, well, what's the problem with the range? Yeah. Yes, today, electric cars have a lower range than combustion mm. engine cars. For example, with diesel, you can drive easily 800 kilometers or so. With an electric car, and let's take only the newest one, not, not the old ones, it's, it's realistic to have 400, 400 under realistic conditions. They say, oh, look, that's the reason why I don't buy it. And I, why do I, I have to wait. And they say, you can always wait to have the newest technology, but uh, it's, it's, it's reality is there, which perfectly fits to the quote from Tom. Yeah? And so I ask mm -hmm. the people, how many trips do you have a year where you really drive your 800 kilometer diesel one way without a stop and when a stop we talk about to recharge an electric car maybe today one hour in the future with hyper super fast chargers maybe half an hour and say um you, you are right and it's possible to do that. It's possible to drive an electric car already today. And this is the great thing about this quote. It's also you can use it for technology. There are reasons, but when you look at it, it's, it's possible if you really want it. If you want to make a change, you can do it. Thank you very much. And I, there's that motivation factor, Holger, when I think of it, how badly we want things. The idea, yeah. I would just finish a show on business model disruption an hour ago, another SAP Game Changers show. And uh, I was speaking with the vice chairman of Deloitte, who is the co-CEO of the Deloitte-McLaren Partnership, and talking about who gets to stand up in a big company and have that startup mentality and say, wait a minute. We need to do this. We want to go in that direction. Who's going to join me? Who's going to yeah. be the leader versus the follower? And I think this quote you have from Randy Pausch, it, it crystallizes it. Walls, brick walls, let us prove how badly we want things. How much energy are you willing to put into dipping your toe in a different part of the pool or in a different kind of water? Am I right with that? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And there, and it's great that we live in these exciting times. Yeah, think about electric cars. We have seen the invention of the smartphone, the internet. Our, our parents or my parents, they even have not uh, thought about that this will be happen. And so this is yeah. really tried out and I'm very excited for the show today. Thank you very much. We're very excited. By the way, your connection is so crystal clear. I just turned around in my <laughs> office, in my studio, to see if you were sitting next to me here. So thank you very much. Doesn't doesn't usually happen quite that way. So thank you very much. I, I know you're not here, but it, it sounds like you are. Thank you. Now let's take one more stop around our virtual table today and speak with Max Claps at SAP. And Max uh, came up with an interesting quote. We actually collaborated on it. We've had it on shows before. It's so perfect, Max. Max is going to give us a quote from the Blitzkrieg Bop, a song very well known in sports arenas, and it was by the Ramones, an American punk rock band formed in the New York City neighborhood of Forest Hills, Queens in 1974. I grew up in Douglaston, Queens, uh, a little bit before that. Uh, the Ramones were cited as the first true punk rock group, and they were highly influential in the U.S. and the U.K. They all adopted the last name Ramon, even though they were not biologically related. So we had the lead singer, Joey Ramone. We had the bass guitarist, Dee Dee Ramone, guitarist, Johnny Ramone, and drummer, Tommy Ramone. They have all passed away, but uh, just a sidebar, uh, one of my, my dance partner back in the day when I was in New York was the brother of Tommy Ramone, and I met Tommy at one of their family wedding celebrations once, and I had no clue who the Ramones were at the time, so that was quite interesting. <laughs> so here, here we go with the quote, and, and Max is going to tell us how relates to our topic. Hey ho, let's go. Max Claps, welcome back. How are you? Bonnie, always great to be on the show. A great pleasure. That's you are very doesn't necessarily yeah. relate to my musical taste, although <laughs> I like the seventies and progressive rock and many other things. It's more to do with what my colleagues have talked about. Uh, I think we are at an inflection point in terms of our mobility is changing in cities, of course, because future cities and smart cities are my favorite topic, but beyond cities. So it's also in between cities, how people are moving around, our, our goods are being moved around. 
Mm-hmm. And I also like the idea of the Ramones because if you think of punk rock, it was that musical genre that uh, made it popular and accessible for everybody. You didn't have to be a yeah. super expert and virtuoso kind of player to play punk. And, and the same is with electric and shared mobility and ride ailing. It opens up for everybody to embrace these new uh, ways of, of mobility, these new technologies. And, and the time is now. Um, we are we're getting to the point where the cost of owning, running, or sharing, or renting an electric car is going to be cheaper, or at least as cheap as um, a, a combustion engine car. And it's only going to get better from now on. So it's it's about the enthusiasm that the Ramones put in their music, and it's about the fact that they made it accessible, not just for listening, but playing to a much broader set of people. Thank you. You are very gracious about that quote, Max, and you and I know what that means. I appreciate that. I have a question for you, Max. I'm going to start with you and go around the table. I don't usually ask questions, but this this comes to mind. We're talking, if you're just tuning in, by the way, this is our, our brand new series on Megatrends, Game Changing Megatrends Radio. We're talking about mobility and transportation, the hype versus the opportunity. So let me ask a hype type of a question to my whole panel, just going around the table once and getting some input here. Max Claps, you're up first because I just spoke with you. And the question is, in general, people, I'm not talking about people in the mobility or transportation industry, people in general, and Max, you specialize in smart cities with all that wonderful connectivity and sensors and giving us data and making sense out of all of the data we collect. Max, are people in general, and, and you can be specific about a demographic cohort if you want, are people in general excited or scared by what we're calling case today, connected, autonomous, shared, and electric. Max, what do you observe? I would say they are a little bit scared up to this point in time, and it's a matter of awareness and knowing. As usual, the scary things make the news, like an autonomous car being tested on an highway and something going wrong, and the other thousand tests don't make the news. So if we can help with this show or with any other means to raise the awareness and and educate the market and bring the market over the inflection point, uh, I think it's all useful. But I would say scared first. Thank you. I had a feeling. Let's circle around to Tom Conan. Tom, which side of the fence do you weigh in on? Do you think people in general hearing all of this are saying, nah, not in my lifetime. Or are they excited? Wow, yeah, maybe for me. Or are they just scared? Nope, you couldn't get me to go near one of those things. What do you see? So I would say it's it's half-half, right? As, as Max stated and as you stated, it's a very, it's a very emotional topic, right? Mobility, mm-hmm. getting around the surface of the earth is very deeply ingrained into our uh, DNA, right? We, we use it pretty much every day. Um, but in, in my circles and what we see in, in the statistics is that a lot of people are open uh, because there is more choice, right? And more choice is always good. You, you can become more flexible. It's not only about car ownership. It's, it's about having on-demand services, different um, types of transportation for different needs. But there's, as Max stated, because of the, especially because the news and the regulatory side um, people feel a little bit threatened, right? It's always this discussion, mm-hmm. is the government going to take this car away or that type of car? Like, especially in Germany, it's a, it's a very hot discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, to, to save or to do climate action, let's, let's call it that way, right? And, and I think that scares people, and it's, it's never um, a good thing if, if something has to be uh, taken away or, or forbidden or whatever. But I think... Overall, the um, the possibilities and the the economics of scale uh, will win, right? And and the new modes of transport will will dominate, not because uh, they have to, but because they are better. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Better. It's an interesting word. Uh, let's go around to Holger Vitver. Holger, afraid, 
threatened. That was a good word Tom brought in. Threatened, excited, anticipatory, uh, wishing and hoping and dreaming. What, what do you observe? Yes, I think a little bit of both. And my observation is that all the people who have not touched electromobility or shared uh, mobility or something like that, they are maybe threatened. They don't know what it is. They say, ah, let me stick to the, to the old one. I know this works. But all the ones who already uh, tested it or tried it out, like myself, I'm driving an electric car, they are they say it's great. And um, mm-hmm. there are a couple of reasons for it. And uh, one reason is, is, uh, is uh, that it's, it's nice. It's, there are some benefits that you maybe not uh, think at the first time when you think about it. But I give you an example. Mm-hmm. I'm driving a black car. And during the summertime, when it's really hot and we are not sitting all day in the, in the office, we're also visiting customers. So think about your black car is parking on a garage lot in, in summertime. So it's 30 <laughs> degrees me. on the Celsius mm-hmm. scale, which is maybe, I don't know, maybe roughly 90 or, or more degrees on the Fahrenheit scale. So it's really, and you are in a black suit as a businessman and you have to, to jump into your car. It's unbelievable hot inside. Electric cars and also connected cars because they are online. You have an app on, the, on your smartphone. You can start the air conditioning remotely. So you end up a customer meeting and maybe 10 minutes before you start the air conditioning in your parking uh, car. And when you enter the car, it's perfectly chill, uh, chilled and preconditioned by the air conditioning. That's a great customer and user experience. And everybody who recognizes this, uh, he says, oh, I love it. So mm-hmm. this is try it out, the experience, and this is o- overcome the new. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Um, I have to cough. Give me a second here. I'm sorry. I have no mute on this mic. Give me a second. <coughs> I apologize, gentlemen. My thoughts... I will always be driving my sports car. I will always have a convertible. I will always have the keys in the pocket. I will never care that I only drive it 5% of the time of my ownership, which the statistics are probably true because I work from a home radio studio. The thrill of driving a regular car, even the annoyance of having to go to a gas pump, it's okay. Does everybody agree with that? Let's quickly go around. Tom, let me ask the prediction question before we, we go to uh, what are you drinking and where are you today? Tom, 2025, will you have your own keys to your own car in your pocket still? Um, unfortunately, no. Not for, let's say, but I have to differentiate, not for my main car, because even today my main car is leased. I don't, I don't own it. I, pay a fixed rate for it and, and after four years it's gone and I have little emotional ties to it but I have other cars in my garage notably an old VW uh, camper van that's about 30 years old and, and I guess for that one I will always keep the keys close to my heart <laughs> Holger? <laughs> no I don't want to own any keys anymore I want to open it with my smartphone this is not another piece I can I can forget or I no 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 I hopefully I will drive a fully electric car and I I'm no one hundred hundred percent technical new stuff especially on things I for daily use but what I can imagine is if you if you have a like you if you have a nice convertible maybe for the weekend maybe an mm-hmm. old timer where there are emotions with it I fully agree with you but for your daily driver <laughs> no give me please the newest inventions. Thank you very much. <laughs> Max, are you going to have your own keys? I think I'm going to have my own keys. I, I'm driving an hybrid like Ogre today, and I will be driving an electric, but that's going to be only for, I don't know, 20% of my mobility needs. Everything else is going to be ride-sharing, ride-ailing, public transportation, a train or plane or, or something else. So I will own it. It's going to be electric, but not not my major means of transportation. And for the weekend, it's going to be mm. my bicycle, not a car. Ah! <laughs> I got to get back on the bike. Thank you very much. Now let's quickly go around the table, starting with Tom Cohn. And Tom, the usual questions. Number one, where in the world are you today? Where are we speaking to you from? Number two, what's your favorite beverage that powers you, that makes you so smart, motivated, lets you put together great panels and topics like this? And tell me about your role at SAP. Tom? 
Yeah, so I'm reporting to you from the beautiful city of Heidelberg in uh, Germany. The beverage I have to go with is, is unfortunately very basic, but it's really just coffee. And I I debated this long and hard, but it, that's really what keeps me going. I'm, I know you're not allowed to, to drink it, <laughs> but I, I really thrive on it, and um, that's my, my favorite beverage. So, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, in my early 30s. I worked for SAP since a number of years now, six or seven, and I'm an economist by training. And what I do at SAP is I look at the newest trends um, across all the 25 industries um, that we deal with at SAP. Um, I try to estimate which trends are going faster, which are going slower, and what does it mean for our customers in terms of enterprise software, what do we need to develop, what are the technologies that we're going to use. And then also we, we start uh, trial phases for a lot of these projects where we really see what is what is the uptake, what do customers say, uh, so that we build the right software and that we can, can have the right software in the next couple of years. Thank you very much. Holger Vidver, talk to me. Where are you? What do you love to drink? And what's your role? Yeah, I'm, I'm close to, to Tom. I'm located in Waldorf, which is SAP's headquarters. Mm-hmm. It's uh, close to Heidelberg in Germany. Uh, my drink of the day, or maybe maybe not for a typical Tuesday, but for the weekend, and you know we are coming from a long weekend. It was Easter holidays in Germany. Yes. It is called Dark and Stormy. And uh, the dark part is black rum, and the stormy part is ginger beer. So it's uh, very similar maybe to a common drink, alcoholic drink called Moscow Mule, mm-hmm. but you have to exchange the vodka uh, by rum. Yeah, and it's perfectly for a chilled summer evening. And Very what nice. am I doing here at SAP? Yes. So I'm, I'm, a pro- I'm a program lead for the e-mobility program. And we found out uh, a couple of years ago that uh, mobility is a cross-industry topic. So it's not only touching uh, the industry, uh, the automotive OEMs who will produce the vehicles I, we have to use. It's not only happening in, in cities like uh, Max will talk about it. Um, it's also when we talk about electromobility, we have to talk about where does the energy come from, the utilities, and so on and so forth. So what I'm doing is I'm researching business models um, for the electromobility space. And researching business models means uh, being a thought leader. What does it mean for us? And then transforming it into new digital products. And we are a software company. So at the end of the day, we are talking about smart and intelligent software, which makes our life more easy. Thank you very much. Holger, I have a recommendation for you. On my previous show, when we did on business model disruption earlier today, one of my panelists, who is a vice chairman at Deloitte, recommended the King's Ginger. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's produced by Berry Brothers and Rudd LTD in Great Britain, and it's called a revivifying drink. It's a, uh, it's a ginger liqueur formulated in 1903 for mm. King Edward VII. So if you have time, go to thekingsginger.com and see if that's something you might like since there is ginger beer in your dark and stormy. Okay, there's my there's my drink recommendation. Just passing that along to you. Fair enough? Thank you very much. I will try you're, it out and let you you're know welcome. it tastes. You're welcome. He, he loves it. And Max Claps, we're going around the room to you, around the table to you. Where are you today? What do you love to drink? And what's new with you? So I'm calling from my home near Lake Maggiore in Italy. I'm based here in the SAP Milan office, or as my wife says, mostly on a plane. I... I'm leading the Future Cities program at SAP, which means uh, I have a group of colleagues that I work closely with and an extended community where we try to innovate and inspire um, new technologies and and new business models in in cities around the globe to improve quality of life, economic growth, and sustainability. And I have the pleasure of of talking to a lot of the city executives, both um, brownfield cities, if you want to call it like that, that have to renovate and reimagine themselves, Mm -hmm. as well as new cities that are being built. And I I was in Saudi Arabia, for instance, last week, where they're 
actually building a bunch of new cities from scratch or taking heritage sites mm. and building cities around them. Very, very exciting. Drinks. Um, I said before that my favorite drink is, is red wine, but I, I'll go with something that I had this weekend. Uh, it was also a long Easter weekend in Italy, and I was uh, having lunch with my in-laws, and one of their friends bought homemade um, grappa, which I'm not Ooh. sure it's exactly legal, but it was really good. <laughs> I won't make any comments about that. Those of you wondering, Grappa is an alcoholic beverage, a fragrant grape-based pomace brandy of Italian origin that contains 35 to 60% alcohol by volume. Uh, Yes, and I have an article here on the six essentials of Grappa written in 2017. Very interesting. You can go to uh, thirstymagmag.com and look up Grappa. Very interesting. Okay, how was it? It was really good. It was 42 degrees, probably. Oh, my. Here, I have a, a quote here from a New York City restaurant called Locanda Verde. It says, Grappas are an acquired taste in a subject often misunderstood. It can be challenging to approach speaking to guests tableside about it. And they show a beautiful glass. Very, very interesting. Yes, it's uh, the skin, seeds, and stems left over from the winemaking. Very interesting. It's called Italian Thrift. We'll leave it at that. We could spend a whole show talking about grappa. Thank you for that, Max. Anything else you want to share with us before we, we're going to get ready to go to break? What do you think? No, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. So I'll just tell you that as Tom Tom gave away my secret, but I've been saying it on the radio for seven years, eight years, so it's not a secret. I'm not allowed to go anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, and I think you all know why. So I'm only allowed to have water, but I'm sitting here in my home office in Durham, North Carolina. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous day, and we have a typical 40-degree temperature spread most days here. I'm not sure whether we're the tail end of winter, we're deep into summer or I don't know what they call this spring down south, but it started out, I think, in the high 40s, and it's going to go up to the mid-80s today. So go outside at your own risk in the Raleigh-Durham area. I don't know what you're supposed to wear in the morning or the afternoon and how fast it's going to chill out in the evening, but this is what it's like to have spring in the south. So I'm happy to be here. I'm speaking with three really smart, and I'm going to just come right out and say it, really charming panelists here. We have Tom Conan, Innovation Scout for SAP Industries. We have Holger Witwer, Program Lead for eMobility at SAP SE, and Max Claps, SAP Future Cities, Citizen Engagement and Postal Business at SAP. And Max, I'd love for you to come back next year and bring back the Smart Cities, Game Changing Smart Cities radio show, because it's getting to be a topic we really need to focus on again. So you and I will have that conversation offline. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and all I'm going to say to our listeners is don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You want to come back in 90 seconds. We're going to take a quick break. I don't know what my panelists are going to be drinking, but I'm just sipping water with cough drops as a chaser. So I'm just going to say to our engineer, Aaron, out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network how do we feed 10 billion people how can we design a circular and sustainable economy how will mobility evolve how can we enjoy lifelong health these are some of the big questions of today The world's political, social, and economic leaders, and every single one of us, need to find new ways to create a sustainable and livable planet. Game-changing Megatrends brings you insights from the thought leaders who are working to making this happen. We'll delve into global challenges from health to education, energy, and mobility, and learn how technology can help address these megatrends to create a better world and new business opportunities. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Game Changing Megatrends, presented by SAP. 
Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to game-changing megatrends. Yes, indeed. We're talking today about the mega trend of transportation and mobility or mobility and transportation. What's the hype? What's the opportunity for cities, for countries, for all of us around the world? Speaking today with Tom Conan, Holger Witwer, and Max Claps. All three gentlemen are at SAP. We're going to start, we're going to continue the roundtable. We've been going around and around the table with a statement here from Tom Conan. And let me read the statement and then Tom will expand it. Tom says, if we look at the acronym CASE, and I, I opened the show with this, C-A-S-E, Connected, Autonomous, Shared, and Electrified. He says, Shared and Electrified are now maturing fast while Connected and Autonomous are maturing a bit more slowly. Tom, why don't you tell us about why you say that the S and the E are moving faster than the other two letters. Go ahead. Yeah, so if we look at case, right, it's always mentioned in a single breath. It's always mentioned together, but the four acronyms, have uh, they have actually a different trajectory, right? They have different uptakes. So let's go through them, right? So connected... Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually in terms of numbers. I'm an economist. I like to talk numbers. Um, there's a few million connected cars out there right now um, that are transmitting data to the manufacturers or to someone else. There's dongles for your cars. But what we haven't seen so far is a large uptake of what to do with this data, right? How do you translate it into, into business value for the customers? We see a few new insurance models. Um, and a few other cases, a few customizations, media consumption in the car, or a few feature changes in the car, but that's about it, right? So it's not not a massive um, business value that we see yet. And then autonomous, the second one, the A, is arguably the most hyped one of the four. We've been talking about it for a couple of years now, but most of the promises, even three years back in, in 2016, haven't held true so far, right? So we are still quite a way away from a high level four or level five autonomy, which is the highest levels that we can get at. And that's not because everyone's sleeping at the wheel, but because it's really, really hard, right? So autonomy is really the holy grail of of mobility and and whoever gets there first or gets there in, in time will have massive benefits. But I think um, there's only a, a very low number of fully autonomous cars on the roads. The, the very first ones are being tested commercially, although very, very restricted, right? So we are talking a few hundred cars. Um, but it's it's definitely, everyone is working on it. There's a lot of money in it, but um, you can't buy it today, right? I think that's that's what I'm saying. There's no, no uptake in that sense because the technology is not 100% there uh, yet. Shared? The third one is is actually the one that's growing really fast. So we see already in certain regions about 10% of all the distance traveled with uh, demand-driven or shared mobility. Um, So the the highest number is in in China and and actually in Russia um, at at close to 10%. In the United States and in Europe, it's closer to to 3% to 5%, but it's it's growing a lot, right? All these have growth rates above 50% per year. and we estimate that about in five years' time, 25% of the transportation market will be um, by those new models. And then ED electrification is, is now really at a tipping point, right? I think that's really interesting. We've also been monitoring it for a couple of years now. And the numbers are now at a point where they are really growing, right? So in 2017, about one, a bit more than 1 million um, battery electric or plug-in hybrid vehicles were sold in 2018. It was double that, so close to 2 million. And this year we expect between 4 or 5 million of, of these cars um, to be sold, right? So the growth rates are really high, also up in the 50%. And that is becoming a worthwhile market now to focus on, right? That's where the opportunity is going to be because as we are talking to um, to business owners or to um, business decision makers in the companies, you have to be ahead of the curve, right? You have to anticipate the trends before they become very widely adopted. 
um, mm-hmm. if you want to run a certain business model or offer a, a certain business model uh, in this space. Thank you, Tom. Very, very interesting. Let's go around the table. Holger Witwer, what do you think? Agree or disagree with the numbers, with the fact that Tom says SNE shared and electrified are growing faster than connected mm-hmm. and autonomous? What's your observation? Yeah, I absolutely agree to what Tom said. Um, last month in March, um, in Germany, the vehicle growth for f- electric cars, fully electric cars, was 75% compared to the year before. And the reason for that is so that people are really demanding it. Um, and if you want to buy an electric car, you have, you have a long waiting list here. Um, here mm. at the company, people are also offered to, to purchase an electric car as a um, company car. Sometimes you have to wait more than one year because, uh, because there is a waiting line for the, for the vehicles. Mm. And also in, in last month in Switzerland, the, the uh, most often sold car, so the top seller of all cars, was an electric car yeah, in Switzerland. And I would like to point out there is not only the, the private sector, which, which maybe comes first in mind, there's also the business sector. So uh, using vehicles as a business, for your business, yeah, think about bus fleets, uh, public transportation in mm-hmm. cities, yeah, it, they will be electrified as well for maybe ecological reasons. And also or taxis or the, the Uber model, uh, um, uh, ride hailing model. Uh, but also uh, think about um, delivery, so, so trucks. Uh, they got electrified as well for sometimes for not only economical reasons, ecological reasons, excuse me, so also for economical reasons. Mm-hmm. Because on the long run, an electric car will be cheaper. You have much less moving parts, so maintenance costs are uh, cheaper, and they are they will last longer. So uh, I think Tesla says that their drivetrain will last for one million miles. Yeah. So if you and if you wow. want to run a business fleet, if you do business mm-hmm. with it, the economic reasons there there are very good reasons to switch over. Yeah. Makes very good sense. I didn't know that. A million miles on a drivetrain? My goodness, what yeah. is that going to do to the drivetrain warranties of normal people cars? Oh, my goodness. What, yeah. what are the dealers going to do now? That's going to be quite a, a competitive selling uh, proposition there. Let's go around the table to Max Claps. Max, interesting statistics from both of your co-panelists. Thoughts you'd like to share on this topic? Yeah, I think I'd like to focus for a second on the shared and, and right, mm-hmm. right ailing piece of the equation, particularly yeah. on what is the impact on cities. And there are some conflicting um, statistics there. Somebody says they're going to be reducing traffic congestion because there are fewer taxis and, and cars on, on the street and more is being shared. But other studies are actually saying the opposite, because the convenience for uh, citizens like ourselves is so much different that we'll be using these ride-aiding shared services even to travel for five or ten minutes, right? So it's not just the technology, but it's about the impact on the behavior that will really make a difference and where... We have not yet cracked the code is in understanding what are the business models that will bring all of the connected electric and, and shared together. So is the Ubers and Lyfts and the car to goes of this word um, the representation of the future or will the public transportation companies act more like aggregators or your public transit authority will help connect the dots and help you travel door to door to your destination or is there a third party that will create an entirely new business model those are some of the open and exciting questions that I keep discussing in in cities and have not been uh, yet fully solved because at the end of the day what cities want and what citizens want, it's not shared or electric or connected. They want easier accessibility transportation, less travel time, and lower pollution. It's the business outcomes that count at the end, and those are 
really important discussion going forward. Very, very well put. Thank you for that, Max. Let's go around the table on that. We've, we've inched into another topic. We don't have that much time left before we go to our crystal ball. So let's go around to, to Tom Conan. What are your thoughts? Uh, interesting, uh, Clap, Max Claps just said, w- will future transportation companies help you travel door-to-door to your destination? What do cities want? What do citizens want? Great topic. Uh, Max, that's why I want you to come back with another series on smart cities because this is really important stuff from the lens of the smart cities. Tom Conan, thoughts about what do cities want and what do citizens want? Is it the same thing? Is there a convergence or what do you think? I would say there's an evolution, right? So as Max stated, we have all of these different modes now in cities, right? Cities have their public transport network, they have their road network. And on that road network, you now have the, the privately owned cars, you have the fleets, you have the shared vehicles, you have the ride-hailing, so the Ubers and stuff. You might even have micro-mobility such as bikes and scooters or electric scooters that all are in this city. And it's at this moment, it's not very controlled. It's not very organized, right? It's a little bit the survival of the fittest. And for the consumer or for the citizen, it's not always the best thing, right? So I think in, in the near future, we will see cities taking a role as as being an orchestrator of all these mobility offerings. And they will try to consolidate all of this into a single experience for the customer, right? So probably if you're a tourist in a city, one app that tells you how you get from A to B in the most efficient way, no matter what the mode of transport is, right? I think that's what the the near future is going to be um, with these models, because right now it's it's chaotic, right? Let's be honest, and we see this mm-hmm. in all of the big cities. You have to decide for uh, this company or that company. You have to sign up here and there, and it's it's cumbersome. Different payment systems, um, and I think this this orchestration is really a big opportunity. Very interesting. I like that word orchestration. Uh, it, we we want to make good music with our transportation, right? Holger uh, Holger Vitver. Join us, please. What's your thought? Cities want versus citizens want this wild, wild west of transportation options that are now coming to places where people are living in massive populations. Uh, The choice, the safety, do you believe in it? Do you want it? Personal ownership. What's your thought on, on all of this? Yeah, that's a good question, Bonnie. I don't know. I, I think we are in the middle or we are maybe at the beginning of a huge transformation and I don't know how it ends, but it will something, something will change. This is, this is clear today. Um, for example, I have read a couple of months ago an article which says if it really happens that nobody is owning a private car anymore because mm-hmm. the the sharing economy is so cheap and maybe due to autonomous driving, nobody has to park his car in front of the door in a city anymore because mm. autonomous cars, maybe they, they drove automatically outside of the city during the night, maybe to recharge if they are electric. Then someone calculated that you can save space in cities. And there was an example which says that if you ban all the cars out of uh, of the city because you don't need parking lots anymore because the shared and maybe all autonomous driving vehicles they're all all uh, 24 by 7 they are circling around they do not need to park you can you they have measured the room today for parking in Los Angeles so mm-hmm. if you don't need parking lots anymore you can put the space of San Francisco into Los Angeles. So this is the amount of space we could give back to people, maybe to parks, to restaurants, to recreation areas, I don't know, um, instead of having parking lots, where our cars, as you said, 95% of the day, uh, car is idling around and doing nothing in the parking lot. What do you think they're going to do with all that extra space, though, Holger? Are they going to build some stadiums or some concert halls? What, what will the city do? Because, you know, somebody's going to be some citizen group, and, and Max can talk about this, although we're really at, at the crystal ball time. Maybe that'll be our, our future look to close the show. Who will get to, to design the use of that new reclaimed space. Let's just go around the table quickly on that. Holger, who will get first dibs on that space if you're putting one city equivalent inside of another? What, what will we do with it? 
Oh, hopefully, hopefully in in Germany, the large cities, we need uh, buildings to uh, to let the people live in and cheap cheap buildings. We not we don't need uh, high cost, expensive things like that. We need, for example, for students. Uh, this I think would be a really beneficial thing. And then I don't know um, green areas. Yeah, think about uh, uh, environment. Now we have this uh, Greta Thunberg. The youth stands up and say, "Hey, think about future planet, things like that." That would be great for everyone. I think a win-win situation. Okay, that's what we're looking for. We're we're now in our crystal ball prediction round. Uh, Max Claps, you're next around the table, next to Holger. What do you think? What will cities do? You're you're the city specialist here. Well, maybe build a few a few more bike lanes for my weekend cycle rides. That would be good. Um, <laughs> Touche. And, and I think I think Olger has an important point when he talks about affordable housing, and and that's a way to better include um, segments of the population that are now maybe living too much far out of the city in the suburbs, or. Uh, or, or, or students, as you said, or giving the chance for elderly people to live um, closer to the family, be part of the community. I think the, the housing piece is an important one. And, of course, green, if I think of Milan, which is the largest city close to where I live, we badly need more green areas in, in Milan. So that would be a great choice, and it would be good to involve citizens in the decision-making. Good answer. Thank you very much. Tom Conan, let's wrap it up with you. What do you think? I give you about oh, a minute and a half for your prediction. All of these new areas, housing, green areas, uh, places for meeting and congregating, uh, halls for music, uh, new sports opportunities. What, what do you see being done with the, this massive amount of reclaimed space, I'm calling it? Yeah, so I think housing is definitely a good one, right? We all, all the big cities feel the pressure of, of needing affordable housing. Uh, so that is one. But I also think once we do this, we, we should give back the space to the people. Um, just because it, the quality of life becomes much, much higher. And a certain portion of that life could then be lived more outdoors, right? I think that's one of the big benefits um, because what what is keeping us indoors and what keeps us from going out onto the street is really, really the car. Because if you think about the last nice place where you've been sitting outdoors, there are no cars nearby, right? If there's a busy two-lane bypass next to a patio, you're not going to be comfortable, right? It's going to be noisy and, and it will have pollution. Um, mm-hmm. So having less cars also means more quality of life, more life outdoors, more hanging around with the neighbors, and I think that's really a good thing because it, it keeps, us, uh, keeps us young and fresh. Thank you very much. It's time for us to close this party. I want to say thank you to my three panelists. I really learned a lot. Our topic has been megatrend, mobility and transportation, hype versus opportunity. And I think the bottom line is we came up with a lot of opportunities for opportunity. I want to say thank you to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. And here's my call to action, and it's always so appropriate on this topic. Fasten your seatbelt, whether you're driving your own car or you're in a shared vehicle, for goodness sake. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Tom Conan, just like Holger Witwer, and just like Max Claps at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'll be back tomorrow morning with a new edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changing Megatrends, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.